Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter. My mission is to empower people to become the best versions of themselves so that they can live their best lives. I'm redefining success so people stop living the lives they think they should live and start living the lives they love. Join me weekly as I share my own insights and speak with guests that have embraced their unique gifts into living life on their terms. I hope these conversations inspire you to make the most out of your life by being your best self. Remember, be you, be beautiful. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of the BU podcast. As always, I'm super excited to share this week's interview with you all. And this one is a real treat. I got to interview Scout Sobel. She is the founder of Scouts Agency, co-host of the popular OK Sis podcast, and the host of the Scout podcast. And just this week, she released her first book, The Emotional Entrepreneur. And I got a chance to read her book, and it is amazing. It is the perfect guide for entrepreneurs. Having your own business is definitely an emotional journey. And just because you run into challenges or having a hard time doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It's normal, and you can keep going. This book is a great resource of mindset and emotional tools to learn how to manage your emotions, mental health, and have a successful business. And I just love this interview because Scout is so transparent about her bipolar diagnosis and how she hasn't let it stop her from succeeding. She is amazing proof that you can embrace all that you are and have success on your own terms. Enjoy this episode and please go buy Scout's new book. It is amazing and the link is in the show notes. So enjoy. Before we get into the show, I wanted to take a moment to share how I host my podcast using Anchor. It's free and easy to use. You can record and edit using your phone or computer, and then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's super easy to use, and they do the work for you. I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on to the show. Scout, thank you so much for being on the BU podcast today. Will you just um, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are before we really get started? Yes, thank you for having me. I am really excited to have this conversation. The name of your podcast, BU, is something that I think um, kind of sits at the foundation of all of my messaging. So I know we're going to have a great conversation today, but hello, everybody. I am Scout Sobel. I am the founder of Scouts Agency, which is a PR focused, uh, sorry, female focused PR agency that specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts. I am also the co-host of OKSIS podcast, as well as the host of Scout podcast, which is where I chat solo about the intersection between mental health and entrepreneurship since I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 20. And now I can proudly say that I am the author of The Emotional Entrepreneur, which is the emotional guidebook for entrepreneurship. Awesome. I love it. And I'm really excited today. We're really going to focus on your book because it's like out now, you know, once this episodes released, it will be out. It will just be out. So will you just start off by telling us what emotional entrepreneur means? What is that? Yeah. So the emotional entrepreneur so perfectly ties in two very large aspects of my identity. One, living with a mental illness, which is the emotional side. And two, being um, the owner of Scouts Agency and a content, content creator being the entrepreneur side. And so before I wrote this book, I really started to see, or I started to 
really understand that those two worlds actually have a lot of intersection, which mm-hmm. I think that is, that's not normally the, you know, societally um, constructed narrative here. And as I started Scouts Agency, I, I really realized that my ability to scale the agency quite quickly and be successful in business was not because I had a master's degree in business from a fancy college. And it wasn't because I was a master strategist at client relations and services and pricing and P&Ls, et cetera. It was because I could emotionally handle the fires and uncomfortable moments that come with growth um, basically every day within my agency. When I started business, when I started entrepreneurship, what I thought business and entrepreneurship was, was, uh, you know, more strategic, more of a puzzle, more kind of cut and dry. You know, the the book opens with, it is personal. It's not just business. Uh, I realized that entrepreneurship and business is one of the most highly emotional games one can play. It is the biggest self-development game. Uh, Being the owner of something, putting yourself out there, as I'm sure you know with this podcast, it'll highlight your strengths and it will really highlight your weaknesses as well. And so I really saw a lot of other women who weren't even stepping into the game, not because they didn't have the resources, not because they didn't graduate with the right degrees, not because they didn't even, you know, not because they didn't have money or the investments, not because they didn't have the resources, et cetera. It was because emotionally they couldn't fight fear um, you know, develop a different relationship with risk and uncertainty, et cetera. And so as all of this was happening to me, as I was healing from my bipolar disorder and really finding my place as an entrepreneur, I recognized that the intersection is, is not just an intersection, but the foundation of what it means. And so that's where the emotional entrepreneur came from. Uh, I love that so much. And you are so right. Like they are so intertwined. And I think, especially as, um, females, like we just, it's like, yes, with business, like you should, you see it as like, oh, you got your strategy, you got your plan and you just knock it out and you do it. But it's not always that easy. Like there's so many things that our emotions are tied to. And I personally have really dealt with that. And that's, um, I actually started out really wanting to coach women focusing on business and helping them build their business. But then, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, I just realized like, you really have to be solid, like with yourself, if you want to have a solid business. So that's kind of like why I'm focusing more on, you know, the individual and like getting that foundation. So I'm just all about what you're saying. I love it. Yeah. Business is only as strong and foundational as the owner is. Mm-hmm. And so I would really like um, to kind of go back and talk about your bipolar diagnosis. I love that you're open about it. I think that so many, um, like now mental health is becoming more of a hot topic. People are being a little bit more open about anxiety and depression, but I feel like I don't hear a lot about bipolar. So I just, I really love that you're honest and open about that. So I just am curious if you'll share, uh, with the audience a little bit about your story with that. Yeah. So my story has definitely been a long one. I had my first depressive episode at the age of 14. However, if you really go back into my childhood, um, mental health struggles were quite apparent at the age of four. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first experienced anxiety, I really uh, kind of started socially isolating as a young girl, et cetera. But 
My first real depressive episode was when I was 14 and I was placed into therapy at that time. Uh, however, as a teenager, my parents and my therapist weren't necessarily convinced that this was a mental illness because it could potentially be chalked up to teenage hormones, yeah. which I believe, you know, that was a blessing for me because it allowed my story to play out in ex the exact timing it did versus suffocating and giving me a very intense diagnosis and treatment very young. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I left for college that I started developing a sense of paranoia and psychosis that really was showing everyone and, and myself that my mind was having me exit reality and enter into a new one that it concocted for itself. Yeah. And once I started exhibiting behaviors, um, or I shouldn't say behaviors, once I started uh, experiencing certain things, such as waking up in the middle of the night, being completely frozen in fear because my mind convinced me that a man was in my closet waiting to come harm and kill me. And I would plan escape route after escape route. Uh, that's really when my parents and my therapist decided to take this a lot more seriously and psychiatric medication was included and involved into my treatment plan. And I, you know, I had to drop out of college by the time I was actually given the proper diagnosis of bipolar disorder, because back then 10 years ago, I think maybe Instagram had been around for a year, if that. Yeah. So mental health awareness month, hashtag self-care, these conversations were just so far from mainstream culture that I really thought that I was done for. I really did. Yeah. I didn't know anybody who had this disorder. I really didn't even know anybody that dealt with severe depression. So I dropped out of college. I, and that's really kind of, you know, I went down before I went up, but yeah. that was when I was 20 and it wasn't until I turned 21 that I really started taking my healing into my own hands. And yet I would say that it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I've actually now feel safe within my mental illness and my emotional experience. But mm -hmm. along the way, many things happened. I went through an outpatient program twice. I, uh, they locked me up in a 5150, uh, you know, which was terrifying. I yeah. started developing new symptoms such as catatonia, where my entire body becomes paralyzed and my motor functions significantly and cognitive functions significantly slow down for sometimes up to hours on end. Um, I tried every psychiatric medication under the sun with a fuck ton of <laughs> symptoms that were terrible. And so, you know, it's been it's been a super long, long ride. And I, I'm really grateful that I stuck with it because the scout that you're talking to today really feels grateful for her experiences. And I now can really view my emotions and honor them as my biggest guiding lights in this world. So that's a little bit, a very quick abbreviated version of my experience. And the last thing I'll say is just because you said that yeah. you weren't too familiar with bipolar is that I am type two. There's two types. Mm -hmm. The first type uh, leans more towards mania and psychosis, like uh, psychotic episodes. I lean more with type two towards depression. So while I deal with hypomania, which is slight mania, um, my biggest kind of mood swings come through depressive episodes. Wow. I mean, yeah, you definitely have had quite the journey with that. And and like how, what does that look like for you now? Like, is it stuff that you still kind of deal with or is it all managed? Like Tell, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So now, you know, it's an interest, it's interesting. Um, I think I'm finally at the point where I can just experience life as just a human, you know, I experience emotions that come and go and I can identify them as just part of the human experience versus catastrophizing them and 
going down a rabbit hole of intense emotions. There are definitely times where the emotions that visit me, I can identify as belonging more to the mental illness side of me versus just the everyday human side of me. And there's a very clear distinction now where I believe that when I felt just human experience, normal emotions, I would get so scared that I would actually kind of self-prophesize them getting really terrible. So today I'm able to really um, delineate those two experiences and and when it does, when it does come and visit me as more in that mental illness kind of realm of, of experiences, I am now able to completely be at peace and feel safe within that experience. And so there's no adding fuel to the fire. There's, there's no victimhood mentality that keeps me stuck. I don't resist my emotions, but I rather really give them the space to play and I honor them and listen to them because when they come, they're usually trying to tell me something. And mm-hmm. so it's when I do experience those more intense emotions that do have the ability to kind of bring me down under pretty quickly, I actually now have the strength and the foundation to sit there and say, okay, you're here. Welcome in. What do you have to say to me? And I trust in myself and in my life and, and in God that I am held and supported. Yeah. Thank you so much for just sharing all of that and just being so transparent and I mean, I, I am such a believer that like the more people like share their stories and create more awareness around these things, people just know that they're not alone. And it just makes such a difference because you're right. Like, you know, like 10 years or so like ago, people weren't talking about this stuff. And I know for myself, it's like, I feel like I'm the only one going through this. Like, what is wrong with me? Like life is not going to be great, but you know, it's like, you are proof that you can, you know, have a bipolar diagnosis and go through these like very traumatic experiences, but, you know, keep going and be successful. So I'm kind of curious about like, where did entrepreneurship come into play? So entrepreneurship came into play when I was 22. At that point, I had been diagnosed officially for two years, um, between the ages of, you know, I think 19 to 21, it was really difficult for me to hold a job. Um, I couldn't hold minimum wage jobs. I obviously was in pretty intensive treatments through outpatient, et cetera. And so this talk about me being able to function in society successfully was really being had in therapy offices, um, psychiatry appointments with my parents and loved ones. And I didn't really know what my future held because I couldn't really see a clear path that would be able to support and be in alignment with my mental illness and the way my mind cognitively and emotionally worked. And Mm -hmm. so at that point, at the age of 22, I had really started taking a little bit more radical responsibility over my emotional healing thanks to my now husband, then boyfriend, who really inspired me to release the victimhood mentality and really see what is in my control when it comes to my healing. And so At that point, I was able to hold a part-time job as a barista. I had um, enrolled in, I think, one or two community college classes. And I was sitting with my friend at a coffee shop. And I had this indie magazine that I brought home from a trip to New York. And I looked at her and I said, do you want to start a magazine? Uh, (laughs) Being the editor-in-chief of a magazine was actually one of my first career goals. One of them, my first one was to be an author. But yeah. When I well, now was, you are. <laughs> yeah. When I was a little bit older in high school, I said I wanted to be an editor in chief of a magazine, and I had interned at Interview Magazine, a Dossier Journal, which is unfortunately no longer around, and C Magazine. Obviously, quit every single one. Yeah. Um, and I just did it. It wasn't 
it wasn't what I expected it to be. So mm-hmm. I unconsciously and unknowingly, I had this idea to just do it myself. And I didn't know that was entrepreneurship. Again, that word was also not a super great buzzword. And so she said yes. And we just decided that we would print it at Kinko's and pass it out to our friends and that it would be just like this arts and crafts projects, really. Like it wasn't anything serious, but something in my mind just completely shifted. I mean, it was almost as if this light bulb came out and I experienced um, different types of mental processes that I had never experienced. And all of a sudden I went home and I got the Instagram handle and the website name. And then I was like, I don't want to print this at Kinko's. I'm a fucking go big here. I want this to be beautiful. And so then I emailed a million printers and then I had all of these meetings and then they said I needed $10,000 and I said, okay. So I went to Kickstarter and I launched a successful Kickstarter campaign. And then the second issue, uh, a distributor picked it up and it was sold on newsstands across the country. And then for the third issue, we had Halsey on the cover and Barnes and Noble emailed me to distribute it to every Barnes and Noble. And so it was in that experience that all of a sudden, very quickly, I went from the girl who couldn't function to the girl who was overly functioning and living a life of complete purpose while it was crazy and exhausting. And I was the one, you know, physically picking up magazines and dropping them off at distribution centers it showed me a way, a framework that not only could I bear at the, at the very least, but that I really wanted to be a part of. And so it was through that experience that I really knew that working for myself was the only way to really, really ignite my, my potential. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I always love like when people listen to like, just like the smallest little inkling of like, you should do this. And then they just run with it. And it turned out to be so successful for you. And Um, like the only way to live, you know, like if you're listening to this and you're not following your inklings, follow your inklings, Yeah, you know, and, and don't care about the outcome. Who gives a fuck if it fails? Who gives a fuck? I'm telling you, no one, no one. And so just do it because that's the only way I've lived my career. And, you know, it, it got me into trouble at times, quote unquote trouble. I got knocked down. I had many different iterations. It wasn't until I was 27 that I started Scouts Agency and yeah. really found entrepreneurial success financially. But, yeah. you know, those five years in between that was just me following my inklings. Ah, that's amazing. And I mean, like, did you ever have any kind of like doubts with this or like what... Like, what were your emotions during this time? Which time? Um, like when you were go- like with the magazine. Oh, um, no, I, I think I have a, one of my strongest assets, I think, or, or strengths, whatever you want to call it when it comes to pursuing things is that I don't actually think about it too much. Um, <laughs> I, I just take action and I think I think the thinking about it part is where people get stuck and can create scenarios in their mind and catastrophize quite quickly. So I've never really had self-doubt just because when you do something that feels so great in your body, I was really just following that. And so my personal power, my sacral chakra, I always say has been very strong. And so fear of failure or self-doubt has never really been in my lexicon of, it doesn't mean I haven't felt those, of course. Yeah. It's just that I am connected to something greater than those emotions that quite honestly don't serve us in any capacity for the most part. And so I'm 
with my emotional experience, I, I think I had the foresight that sometimes your emotions, um, are trying to keep you safe Mm -hmm. and, you know, keeping me safe was keeping me depressed. And so the only other Mm -hmm. option was to actually do what I wanted to do. Yeah. I really love that. I I mean, I am such an overthinker and I'm like, you have like a superpower not to overthink, but I really love what you just said about, um, like keeping yourself safe was safe was keeping you depressed. Cause I do think that there is like this connection between like anxiety and depression of like, not, um, like taking action. Like if you don't just take the action, then you're just like, it's in your mind and it just makes everything worse. And like you said, catastrophizing, and then it's just like a downward spiral spiral. Yeah. You you know, in my book, I have a chapter called your anxiety is trying to tell you something. Yeah. And I think getting really in touch with your anxiety is so helpful because for me, my anxiety tells me two things. Mm -hmm. One, it tells me when I'm exiting my comfort zone and about to do something that is unfamiliar and therefore to my body unsafe. Right. In that moment, I thank my anxiety for looking after me, for caring about me, for showing up to let me know, hey, we're, we're exiting what we know to be familiar. And mm-hmm. so warning real quick, can you come back to the comfort zone? And in that moment, I get to say, thank you so much, anxiety, for visiting me. You really care about me. Wow, you really care about me. And yeah. I just want to let you know we're really safe right now. And we're going to go and we're going to prioritize growth over stagnation to feel safe. And then once you can tell your anxiety that the anxiety then knows, okay, we have a purpose here. We have a mission and then anxiety can visit us when we're out of alignment. So anxiety can literally tell us, Hey, no, that's the wrong way to go. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very subtle difference and acknowledging the fear in both scenarios is very important. But once you can develop a really intimate relationship, I pretty much always now know sorry, I, I always know if my anxiety is telling me, Hey, you're, you're about to put yourself out there in front of a bunch of people. You sure you want to do that? Okay. That's fair. I'll move forward anyways. Or what the fuck? Why did you say yes to that client? You're fucking done. Like you don't have the capacity for this shit. I'm like, okay, out of alignment. Got it. So, uh, if you listen to your anxiety, it has a lot of wisdom for you. Yeah. I mean, and how do you like, since it can be such a fine line, like how do you kind of distinguish if it's, you know, like really trying to be like, no, this is out of alignment versus like, it's just a little bit out of our comfort zone. Like, is it just kind of the more you notice it or how do you create that uh, distinction? It's being really connected to, to what you want in this world. And it's that personal power chakra. It's really, really fine tuning that. And the best way that I've found to do this, mm-hmm. um, especially in the beginning, this is a I don't know if you're familiar with Shaman Durek, but I read his book and he said, I don't know what he calls it, but I'm just going to call it the yes, no method real quick. Where um, when when you're neutral, right? You don't like have anything really to think about, which is very rare, but you know what I mean? Um, Sit there and close your eyes and picture what a yes feels like in your body. What Mm -hmm. does a yes feel like? Think about getting an award or think about starting a company or think about even like eating pasta for dinner, like whatever is a yes. Yeah. Feel what a yes feels like in your body and then feel what a no feels like in your body. Mm. You will see a very, very distinct difference. The yes will probably give you a sense of calm with that adrenaline rush. The no will probably feel heavy and, and anxiety inducing. And so 
when you experience anxiety, you can get really, really, you can bring the thing to mind that you're anxious about and put it through the yes, no method. I think that's a really great way in getting in touch with your body for starters. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I think that I can just see how powerful that is. And yeah, there's so much to that. So I want to get into your book, mm-hmm. The Emotional Entrepreneur. I mean, you already kind of told us what that meant, but where did this idea from the for the book come from? As I said earlier, my first career goal that I ever imagined or I ever remember thinking of when I was probably five or six, maybe seven, who knows, was yeah. to be an author. The minute I learned how to read and write, that's what I wanted to do with most of my life. <laughs> uh, want to go to camp. I wanted to sit in my room and read and write, kept a diary my whole life. And I also knew that I wanted it to be nonfiction. I'm not a fiction writer. I definitely integrate creative writing techniques into my nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm a big, big fan of prose, et cetera, and and poetry. And so writing a book I always knew was in me. And it's actually the only thing I think in my career I've ever, I've ever, um, pursued that I let marinate and wait for its arrival, which Mm -hmm. is very interesting for me. Usually when I want to do something, I do it immediately. So writing the book, you know, over the years, I've like, I'm going to start writing and I'll write like three pages or 20 pages and be done with it. Um, something came to me this time and, and it felt as if it was the right moment and in being the right moment, it, it really kind of flowed out of me truly. You know, I started with should I do it like a memoir style? And I was working with uh, Rhea over at Right Way on the proposal. And, you know, she very kindly let me know that that's my ego and no one wants to read my memoir yet. So (laughs) I started really thinking about, not about me, right? Not about what I want to write, but rather what I have to offer other people and where other people can find comfort and growth and strength and inspiration from my lesson, from my my life journey. Mm -hmm. How can I take the pain I've experienced and alchemize it into gold. And I had done that in my own life. And so I wanted to do it with this book. And so I have no idea how the emotional entrepreneur came to be. All I remember is that I thought to myself, okay, well, let's set myself up for success here. I only write short things. I I can't write long things. So (laughs) uh, let's have shorter chapters, right? And each chapter is going to be a different topic. And this is not going to be a book that examines one topic very, very in depth, right? Mm-hmm. There will be a whole book on any 25 of these chapters. You right. can do a book on anxiety, right? Ex- ex- that's a good example of that. So I said, this is my first book. I want it to really match where I'm at in my life right now. So I came up with this idea of 25 lessons, mm-hmm. having them be shorter lessons and me just packing the full punch that is needed, kind of cutting the excess fat and just getting to the point. Yeah. And then I knew it was going to be about the uh, intersection between mental health and business and was going to help entrepreneurs. And I was sitting at my husband's work. His car wasn't, you know, I think his battery died and we called AAA and they were taking forever. And I was just sitting there and I was like, okay, well, it was a Saturday. I said, okay, well, I have on my phone, my Google doc, I'm just going to work on my proposal and really fine tuning this idea. And much like the magazine idea popped into my head and I really believe I, I didn't think of it. It was, it was planted there by some divine force. Yeah. The emotional entrepreneur came up in my mind and I felt my whole body. Fuck. Yes. Right. In my body. Yeah. Yes. And I saw a movement, a brand, something much larger than a book in that name. And I emailed it to the woman I was working with Rhea and she mm-hmm. didn't answer me. She uh, answered a different thing 
And so I thought, oh, I guess she doesn't like it, right? Right. And a couple of days later, I said, oh, well, she's like, oh, so how's the name, you know, idea going? Do you have any more? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I had thought about the emotional entrepreneur, but like, I guess it's not the right fit. And she had just not seen that email on Saturday. And she responded with, that's it. That is <laughs> it. And so, um, you know, listen to your body when it's a, when it's a fuck yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I saw the title of it, I was just like, fuck yes. Like this sounds like something I need. Like it's just, yeah, they're so intersected. Like we were talking about earlier. So I am excited to really see where this comes from. And I do love like how you've laid out your book with like the different lessons and you say a little bit about your experience and then have some like journaling prompts in there. So I just like, I'm, I really like how it's done. Will you just tell us like a little bit more of like who this book is for and what impact you want it to have? Yes. So this book was written to the female millennial just because that's who I am. That's who I really have the most um, interaction with, cultural analysis with, et cetera. So it's written uh, with the female millennial entrepreneur in mind. However, it can be applicable, I I believe, to to kind of all ages and demographics, but branding wise, that's really who it's targeted towards. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, lessons include lack of mindset is a waste of time. You aren't here to follow rules. Your anxiety is trying to tell you something. Fear is the silent killer. Get an ROI on your pain. Actually believe in yourself. Failure is what gets you closer to success, et cetera. So the impact that I wanted to have is I want women to read this or men and Mm -hmm. walk away feeling safe in their emotions, not just feeling safe in their emotions, feeling strong enough to walk through the emotional fires and in the pursuit of growth and architecting a dream life and the purpose that they have in their head. I hope that my book gives them the emotional confidence to, to really implement those dreams. Yeah. I love it. And where can people find the book and get it? You can find the book on Amazon. It's probably the best place where we all buy books today. Um, yep. Just search The Emotional Entrepreneur, Scout Sobel. I will also give you the link so you can put in the show notes here so you can just easily grab it. And um, yeah. also you can follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel because I will have the link to the book there in my bio. And you can also check out okay, Sis Podcast, Scout Podcast, Scouts Agency, et cetera, all, in, all on there. And we're doing some fun launch stuff. So come yeah. hang out there as well. Awesome. And how has being yourself led to your success? It's an excellent question. And I, <laughs> I feel the answer in my body. It's just a question of how do I articulate it? Yeah. Who I am today is because I did not resist myself, right? Mm, yeah. I, I didn't resist the mental illness. I didn't resist the emotional heaviness and uncomfortableness and challenging moments of my life actually everything I have today, the reason I'm sitting here with you is literally because of who I am. Yeah. Because of the exact cards that I was dealt, but I'm not here because of the cards that I'm dealt. I'm here because I accepted that those were my cards to deal with. Mm. And I think that's a, an important distinction. We can all be ourselves because of the cards that we are dealt And yet that can look like playing the victim and that can look like standing in your personal power. So I suppose the me I am today is because I accepted that this is who I am, that I'm emotionally quite charged 
and that I was willing to let those cards empower me versus destroy me. Yeah. Uh, I love it. (laughs) It's just so well said. And do you have like a message that you want to leave with people today? Yeah. You're safe in your emotions. If you don't think so, ask yourself, wait a minute, I'm still here. That means you've survived every single one of them. Yeah. That is such a good message. And I think it's just something that we need to keep reminding ourselves of, um, because our emotions can be scary and feel scary, but just knowing that we're safe is, you know, what keeps us going and what keeps us here. So, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. This was such a lovely conversation. Yeah. So good. Thank you for listening to the BU podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and write me a review. I would love to hear from you. And you can find me on Instagram at beautifulchick or on my website, beautifulchick.com. Remember, be you, be beautiful.